from beautiful downtown Sacramento, it's time for Beach Blanket Fort Bingo! Beach Blanket Fort Bingo! Beach Blanket This is Spaz, and you have tuned into Beach Blanket Fort Bingo. I really appreciate you stopping by. I have a very special guest, Mr. Lanny Flowers. He has a brand new album on Spider Pop Records. That album is called Home, and it is fantabulous. One of the best albums of 2019, in my opinion, and I'm sure after you hear it, it will be one of your favorites of the year as well. So sit back, relax, because I've got some fun times ahead with Mr. Lanny Flowers. Right here on Beach Blanket Fort Bingo! Lanny Flowers began his musical career in the 70s as a founding member of the Texas pop combo, The Penguins. For nearly three decades, Lanny remained the sole constant member of a revolving lineup that included Danny Wilkerson, Alan Petchy, Delbert Raines, and many other talented musicians. While they never released a full-length album, The Penguins did release an EP and a handful of singles that are highly prized items in any music collection. In 2008, Lanny released his first solo album, Same Old Story, which consisted of 36 short, unfinished songs edited together to create a virtual pop rock opera. Two years later, he released the excellent Circles album, which became an instant classic in the power pop and indie rock communities. His 2012 album, New Songs, Old Stories, featured fully realized versions of some of the half-finished songs that were originally featured on the Same Old Story album. In 2014, Lanny Flowers became the first artist to ever win four prestigious awards in Hollywood at the LA Music Awards. Record of the Year, Rock Artist of the Year, Breakthrough Video of the Year, and Social Media Artist of the Year. That same year, Lanny released Live in New York City, a raw and spirited release that solidified his status as both a great songwriter and performer. In the meantime, his label, Spider Pop Records, released a series of Penguin's vinyl 7-inch box sets, which introduced his earlier releases to a new audience. In 2018, Spider Pop began issuing new, free, digital-only Lanny Flowers tracks on their website. Meant to prepare listeners for his next album, Home, the tracks received unanimous praise from his fans, radio DJs, bloggers, and vloggers. However, it was announced that none of those tracks would be featured on his 2019 album, Home. Now that Home has been released, it is clearly obvious why those amazing songs didn't make the album. On the surface, Home is classic Lanny Flowers, filled with fantastic songs and great performances from Lanny and his bandmates Doc Davis, John Stevens, Dan Zimmer, Neil Schnell, and Brendan Bumpus. However, once you peel back the layers, you'll discover a selection of songs that are all linked together in one way or another. 
Based around the theme of home, this is Lanny's most compelling and accomplished album to date. This is not an album just for fans of power pop. It will certainly appeal to those of you who enjoy roots rock, folk, Americana, and indie pop. But yeah, power pop fans are going to love it. I was able to chat with Lanny about his career leading up to the album Home. Extremely humble and down-to-earth, Lanny doesn't necessarily like to talk about himself. However, I'm glad to say that he opened up a little about himself and the album Home, and I'm proud to present the highlights of our conversation here on Beach Blanket Fort Bingo. Welcome to the Blanket Fort, Lanny Flowers. Seems all my life I've been waiting But the time Goes so slow And my world Feels so small So much bigger Than us all So we are before we talk about your new album, Home, let's go back to the beginning. When did you first realize that you wanted to be a musician? Uh, when I was about 12 years old and played my first gig and uh, high school girls started talking to me, so I thought that was a pretty good deal. What was the inspiration for you getting that guitar? Gosh, you know, I probably just asked my parents for a guitar. You know, you just you want to play baseball one week and, you know, do something else the next week. I got it when I was about eight. But I didn't know what to do with it for a while. I just like mine Beatle records with it, basically. Uh, friends would come over and we'd play around. But I didn't. Re- I got a Mel Bay book about uh, fifth grade, I guess, and learned some "Hang Down Your Head, Tom Dooley" or whatever at that point. <laughs> you formed a band called the Penguins in 1976. What was the local scene like at that time? Well, it it wasn't uh, it. We, I actually started it like um, earlier in that, in, the, in the, like 72, but we didn't start playing out that much because we were in high school. And we, I, we we would go to bars and play, you know, like on Jacksonville Highway in Fort Worth and play behind the chicken wire and stuff, playing Alice Cooper songs and all those old men hated it, you know. But uh, there were a lot of great local bands, but none of them were really playing what I wanted to do. I wanted to cross between punk rock and Badfinger, and I didn't know how to make that work, but uh, I think Cheap Trick kind of did that. <laughs> but, you know, that's what I was wanting to do. There's a lot of great bands, in that, but they, you know, it, it was Texas and, and ZZ Top and, you know, all that, which is fine, but that's just not what I wanted to do at that point. You recorded some singles with the Penguins, and, and you toured quite a bit, played out live. And you recorded at Abbey Road, you worked with Rick Derringer, yet the band never released a full-length album. Is there one locked in a vault somewhere? If there is, I don't know about it. <laughs> no, no, there's not. We just didn't have enough money to do a whole album at one time, so that's probably why there wasn't one. Because, I mean, it cost a lot of money back then. You couldn't do it in your bedroom like you can today. 
you had to uh, go into a studio and pay fifty dollars an hour, and you had to go to a record pressing plant and have them press those up, and it was just easier to do singles at that point, sell my gigs if you could. <laughs> the most popular lineup of the Penguins featured you, Danny Wilkerson, Alan Petchy, and Delbert Rains. Plus, there was a lot of other talented folks that were involved with the band uh, at some point. However, weren't you the only constant member of the band throughout the life of the Penguins? Yes, I was the only one stupid enough to do it from start to finish. I started it when I was in junior high, and I, you know, I did it. I was in my almost my mid-30s, I guess, basically. Could this be In 2008, your first solo album, which was Same Old Story, it collected like 36 short songs into this amazing medley of melodic gems. Now, you described it as an experiment, and it wasn't initially compiled for commercial release. What was the, the concept behind that album? Well, you know, like I traveled a lot with the band, and that's all we did was drive and drive and drive and play every once in a while. But either riding or driving, I would just like have this thing going around in my head, and I go, "Oh, that might work." Because I had all these songs I'd written, and I didn't want to finish them because I was too lazy at that point. So I just thought, well, you know, I can stick these together maybe and tell a story because it was all, you know, looking for girls, finding girls, losing girls, yada yada yada, you know. So I go, well, so so I just started grouping them, and I go, well. Here's the looking for girls. Here's the, you know, so. This was basically Lanny on 45, right? Like the stars on 45. Thing, <laughs> just this constant. <laughs> That's what I should have called it. I didn't, didn't even think of that. That's great. You know, the, the first time I heard the, the Beatles on stars on 45, we, we were playing at a bar and they were playing it during the break and I wasn't paying any attention. I go, Wait a minute, what is this? Because it sounded pretty good, but it had a dance beat. So most everything on there was actually meant for the Penguins. Well, yeah, if we would have, you know, I, I can have talked those guys into doing those songs, I don't think. But yeah, I wrote all those songs from the time I was probably 15 to early 20s. So In 2010, you released Circles. It received a good amount of critical success. At this point, were you feeling comfortable about recording and performing under your own name after so many years of being a member of the Penguins? It was kind of weird to see people with your name on the T-shirt and you know your name on the record, and it did. It does take a while to kind of get used to that. Going back to the same old story, real quick. I had built a little studio in my garage. And I wanted to try out this equipment. So I go, well, you know, that'd be a good project. 
to see if all this goes together like it does in my head. And so I did that. And then Alan Petchy wanted to put it out. And I go, well, you know, I don't know who's going to buy it, but go ahead. And then I started working on the songs that went on to Circles, which were newer at that time. I, you know, I wasn't really thinking about putting out a record again. But anyway, so, so that's how those two things came about. Come on, girl. Don't you turn and walk away. Cause there'll be nothing left to say. And if you walk on out the door, I'll never see you anymore. Come on, girl. New Songs, Old Stories was released in 2012. And again, positive reviews across the board. Now, outside the Texas scene, you were being embraced by the power pop crowd. Did you consider yourself a power pop artist? Well, yeah, there's elements of that in there. And that's one reason why that particular album came out, because I kept getting requests from these power pop guys from different Spain and Brazil and places like that saying, hey, this would be a great record if you just, you know, make these full songs. So I just finished some of them and put it out. And they, so they were the first people that started buying the stuff. So I just kind of got lumped into that. But to me, it's, it's just rock and roll. But I like to call it old people's music now. <laughs> and I can't find a way. live in new york city in 2014 did you intend that to be a closing of that musical chapter because it took quite a while for you to put together your next studio album i'll tell you that was that was the weirdest thing that was recorded like three days after hurricane sandy hit or maybe a week or something but the trains still weren't going to that part of brooklyn and the electricity just got turned on so there was like three people there or something but we'd already set everything up ahead of time to record a live album at the trash bar. So we just said, well, let's just go ahead and do it. You know, but it, as far as that goes, I, it wasn't intentional to do that, but that, I mean, I never thought about it, but that kind of makes sense. I had originally wanted the one that's coming out to come out right after circles, but because it, it's the, it's like a trilogy thing, like the young man, the middle-aged man, and the older man you know, story, whatever. They gave up the rain Nobody came But when I was young It was so different Seven years is a long time to wait between studio releases, but you bridged the gap by releasing a series of digital-only singles that were leading up to the release of Home. 
However, none of the songs that you released were scheduled to be included on the album. Now, who came up with the idea of releasing these singles because they were too good to sit in a vault, yet they just didn't fit on the home album? Yeah, that was Alan Petchy or Victor Irwin's idea, or both of them. That that might have been Alan's idea. Because Victor's always saying, hey, give me some songs we can sell. You know? I mean, I just have all these songs that I don't know what I'm going to do with that don't fit in anything else. And so I go, well, here's some. Just do some with these. <laughs> so that that's basically all that was. And a couple of years ago, I recorded a single. Uh, Night, the Night Bob produced a guy from New York. Kiss of Memory. And uh, and there was another one before that called Best I Can. There's just been a lot of circumstances that kept this thing from being finished. So, I mean, things that are out of my control, like the Cove, the, the studio here, um, they remodeled it. And I don't know, I, I can't even remember what all has happened, but life just gets in the way. And I didn't intend for it to be seven years. Let the sun shine honest every digital only single that was released was amazing and i'm not the only person who felt that way to us outsiders it was perplexing why you would release all this great material and not plan to include it on the album but now upon hearing home the album it is quite obvious that they didn't fit in within the theme of the album when you started the recording process did you already have the theme for the home album or did it just present itself organically some of it goes way back to the early 90s but at the end of circles the last song on there is called rusty circles and the last word is the word home uh 2008 i was out of work for a while so i just sit at home writing songs and and i realized all these songs had the word home in them somewhere you know i don't know what that means and then for some reason, it just struck me that the last word in Crossing Circles, I go, that would be a great, you know, segue into into the next record. It, it didn't happen that way, but it looked good on paper. Before we talk a little bit more about the home album, are there plans to gather up all this stray material that you were releasing digitally and release it uh, in physical format in the future? Because they're really way too good to remain digital only. That'll probably be the next album. <laughs> Probably next year sometime. I don't know. Whenever they want to do it. But we'll we'll see how well home does. If it doesn't do good, it'll be out by January. <laughs> it always seems so strange. People hiding from the rain. But I guess that's why they came to my street. Your album Home is just as melodic as your past work, but it is really a step forward. And in many ways, it's your most mature and cohesive album to date. How are you feeling about the way the album turned out and the reaction that you've had to it so far? Well, the reaction has kind of been surprising because uh, 
I didn't think it would get a very good reaction, but it it's a real sort of personal record, I guess, if you look at it that way. And so I was just thinking, you know, who wants to hear about this? <laughs> you know? And and it and it's not your standard power pop kind of catchy, you know, roll down the windows and drive down the highway with the eight track up real loud kind of songs. Because when I'm home, I'll see someone who's missing me. When I'm home, I know it's all okay, cause it's just time away, and I can't hardly wait to get home. As a singer-songwriter, do you feel that being labeled as power pop or Americana, any label at all, do you feel that that might limit the reach of the album, might limit the audience? Yeah, I think it probably hurts a lot of people. You know, you just get somebody just sticks you. I mean, they have to put you in a box to sell you, you know. So you're a lot of times you're just kind of stuck there. I think 95% of all quote-unquote power pop musicians distance themselves from the genre. Even though it's a beloved genre that so many people love, the musicians themselves are like, mm, no, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it it does uh, kind of paint you into a corner. In the 70s when all that was, you know, I loved all that music, and, and I would think, I, I would hear people say that later on. I go, well, why would they? But I, I can understand it a little bit more now. Because it's once you get labeled as something, that's kind of what you are. Why can't I just go to sleep and not worry about that little girl? Am I too deep in the story to ever change the world? So I just lie here in bed. Even though power pop artists influenced you, you also have equal amounts of influence from T-Rex, Mata Hoople. Um, what other bands that might surprise people were actually a big influence on you as an artist? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, any of that. I mean, like grow, growing up, of course, the, the Beatles, the Who, and the Rolling Stones and all that. but um, And the Kinks, of course. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't forget the Kinks. But that whole uh, glam period, it was just that time in my life when I just had to consume all that, you know. That that was like after the Beatles broke up, I was going. All we had was Woodstock, or you know, whatever was left over from that. And then Martha Hoople and David Bowie and all that. I go, ah, here we go. This is this is great. And then just a few years later, you know, it was the Ramones and the all that stuff, and and the new wave. And you know, I didn't realize it until you know I got I was grown and older that just old country influences kind of seep in because. Because that's what my parents listen to. So every morning, get eating breakfast, getting ready to go to school, we heard country music. Uh, and every Saturday night, they'd watch Dolly Parton or Porter Wagner on the television, on the shows and all that. All the grief we receive, we still believe everything will be all right. So don't. Meant to shine light. 
Shine a Light seems like the perfect choice for a single, yet the same could be said about most songs on the album. Are there any tracks that you feel would act as a proper first single or maybe the perfect gateway track into the album? You know, we were talking about that, and I just don't hear a single on there, but they're all, I guess, good in their own little way, but that would be a good gateway song, I guess. Like pot, you know, be a gateway to harder drugs. <laughs> Did you purposely put these in some kind of running order? Does the album tell a story? The very first song, Running, it doesn't sound like anything else on the record. It sounds kind of like a song I would have done years back. What that, that old thing's about is just what has been going on for the last seven years, what I've been doing and mainly running a circle or whatever. And then the second song is Home, and that's where it actually starts. And it just goes through. I, I knew how I wanted to start it and how I wanted to end it. I don't want to say it, and you don't want to hear it again. But I've been running in a circle, trying to find a story and end. But then I had so much going Back in the old days, in the days of Willard and Ben, and the days of all the cheesy movies that would have sequels, the sequel would actually begin with the final scene of the previous movie. And that's that's kind of what you're doing by putting running at the beginning. That's kind of like, hey, this is what my last studio album was like. And then home is where the sequel starts. Yeah, that's that's a perfect analogy. I, I've forgot all about those but yeah i should have called it ben slash willard <laughs> but he's got himself and that's all he needs he's got himself and that's all he needs he worked in the circus the last four songs are basically about one character, you know, I was going to call it the Ballad of Joe Smith or something like that, but it starts with the, he's got himself and it ends with he's going home. So it's loosely based in my brain. When I was a, a little kid, my grandfather had an uncle, uh, he had a brother, I'm sorry, there was a carny and we would drive up to Oklahoma sometimes and see him. I was like three or four years old. So it made a weird impression. He, he lived in like a little trailer and you know he had whiskey bottles right there by his bed and it, it was just it, it it wasn't anything that i'd ever seen before so it for some reason that just made a huge impression on me so all that's kind of loosely based around that and then what i've made up in my head it always seems so strange people hiding from the rain but i guess that's why an alternate version of My Street through Bigster Records' digital single series. Which version of the song was your original musical vision? The album version or the single version? 
Well, there's like 18 versions of that song, I think. The original version was just kind of like the one on the album. It's it's just acoustic, and I thought, eh, maybe we do something different. And then there's there's a third version that's kind of got horns in it and kind of a Memphis feel to it or whatever. I don't know. It's just one of those, I never could figure out what to do with it. But people always like the song. Every time I play it, they go, oh, yeah, I like that street song. <laughs> well, see, I think that choosing the version that you did for the album Home is the right choice. Absolutely. Oh, I, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. It's And that that's another thing I was kind of worried about this uh, record or whatever they call them these days, album, CD, is that I thought it might be a little too low keyed or, you know, kind of too quiet or I don't know. What, whatever the word is it ain't rock and roll you know i've always loved the wide album and i've always wanted to do something like that so i'm not comparing it to the wide album by any means but where it's got a lot of acoustic things and then every once in a while helter skelter jumps out of that you know. while you lay there you think about the night and you wonder where it went and how you got out all right with all you were up against It's all over before you know it Is there a song that right now, at this moment, just stands out to you? Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, just because I, I hate these songs now because I've heard them so much. Um, <laughs> and that's the bad thing about writing, recording, and put, you know all that. By the time you're through, you go, oh, I hope I never hear the song ever again. I think the one I was most proud of was called Anyway, because that's not vocally something that I would do like that. It was fun to do. Uh, I don't know if I could recreate it live, but it, it's kind of the high McCartney sort of thing that I can't, I don't normally do. So anyway, he thought about it. He knew he couldn't run away from the only song that he could play. surround yourself with great musicians be it the the penguins with you know alan and danny and delbert and carl and everybody who plays on this album uh basically my the guys that i play with in, in my band uh, you you've met them all before uh neil and brandon and doc and dan and john and then uh there's a couple other people that played on here um let's see oh uh Chris Responte, he helped me mix it, and he, he did some of the guitar and keyboard stuff on there because he's just one of those Nashville guys that can play anything, you know. <laughs> and uh, Chris Holt, he's from Dallas, but he's just a great musician. He's Don Henley's guitar player, and uh, and he did uh, he played on one song that's called Missing You Tonight, and he did the piano, the uh, bass, and all that cool Harrison Sly guitar stuff. And I just sang on it and played acoustic guitar. <laughs> well, how can listeners stay updated on all things Lanny Flowers? Uh, well... Uh, you know, there's always the Facebook and the Twitter and 
and the Instagram and Snapchat. Nah, I'm just kidding about Snapchat. I don't even know what Snapchat is. I'm too old to know what Snapchat is, I think. Right? Going home. That's it for this episode of Beach Blanket Fort Bingo. I'd like to thank my special guest, Lanny Flowers, for stopping by. I'd also like to thank Alan Petchy and Victor Irwin and Danny Wilkerson and all at Spider Pop Records. Lanny Flowers' new album, Home, is available now, so check it out. I'd especially like to thank you for hanging out and listening to this conversation. Please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Smell you later. Smell you later.